Hello, Mary. Indiana Jones. Hello. Use the false loop. It's a John Bowles. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What's up now? Spider friends. Go for it. Transform and roll out. And I'll form the head. That's what she said. Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerd Me Podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? Alan, today we are talking about the 1988 classic, Die Hard. Can't believe it's a subtitle. classic. Oh no, my sorry. God, it's a classic. <laughs> yeah. Nin- what was it, 1988? 1988, it's a classic. It's in the National Registry, I think, of classic whatevers. I believe his, uh, of like movies or whatever, his, uh, his, sleeveless, his sleeveless t-shirt is in the Smithsonian. Oh, his tank top? Yeah, tank top. It's in the Smithsonian. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Dang. Oh, dude. The prop. (laughs) Well, let's go back a little bit. Did you watch that show? What? I thought you were going to say spoiler alert. I was like, come on, dude. Uh, Moonlighting. Were you a big fan of the show Moonlighting? Uh, I watched it occasionally. It was was fun. He was good at it. I don't know. I remember really liking that show. I remember, like, Sybil Shepard was actually like the big name in that show at the time until Bruce Willis started, you know, getting a little more famous and stuff. But apparently, like, she was like the big deal in it. Like, she was supposed to be like super beautiful and stuff. Well, yeah, and she had a she had a pretty decent movie resume too. Right, right. But yeah, but Bruce Willis was a relative unknown, and uh, he really took off on that show. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And th- and then I remember when they. When he was mentioned to be tied with this movie, I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. You know, he seemed like like a cool person, but, you know, didn't know what, what his resume was. But he, I remember it must have been old diehard podcast I listened to. Apparently, like, everyone was up in the running for this role. Like, oh, everybody. yeah. Yeah. Arnold, Sylvester, Harrison, they're all up for it. Right. Um, even MacGyver, I heard, was, I read, was up for it. Oh, really? Yeah, Frank Sinatra, I think, was a strong name. Yeah, there was something about because the the movie's based on a book that was like actually a part two of a series, and Sinatra had played the character in like a nineteen sixty something movie, right? Of the of the first book, and I think he had been trying to get the second book made for quite a long time, but obviously by the time they did it, they changed a lot of the book, and it was nineteen eighty eight, and Sinatra was like seventy something. Can you so. imagine? Someone was as bad as Harrison Ford doing Indiana Jones at eighty something years old. Yeah, yeah. So it's painful. A lot of people, so he wasn't obviously the first choice. And I've read in preparation of this episode is that a lot of things kind of fell into place to make this the great movie that it is. And it's a classic. And if you don't think it's classic, I don't know what's wrong with you. What do you mean fell into place? What, is it, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, they didn't want Bruce, not that they didn't want him, but they didn't even think about Bruce Willis at first. And mm, okay. it was going to be a more traditional action movie, you know, with Stallone or, or Schwarzenegger doing what they do. Right. It wasn't until they decided that this was well. One of the writers, this is a story I read that one of the writers was, was driving home, and he had gotten into an argument with his wife, and he was on the road driving, and he was behind his truck hauling refrigerators, and one of them fell out, and he almost hit it, and he felt like he was going to die. You know, he almost died or whatever, and and he was like, oh, if I would have died, I would have been angry at my wife. So he came up with this plot of. McLean's kind of drives to see his wife again and then make up 
for mm. whatever was going on. Okay. And that kind of drove the story. And Bruce Willis at the time didn't have that classic action hero reputation. So that kind of made them make it more of a uh, more of a everyman like like he's drawn into this like he doesn't want to be a part of it but he has you know he has to do it to a to survive and b to save his wife mm-hmm. you know, not not charging into it like a Rambo would or or, right. or like the reluctant reluctant hero right and then Alan Rickman being cast as Hans Gruber he at first wasn't going to do it. Um, because he didn't want to be typecast. I think it was his first big American film that he didn't want it to be an action movie because he was known for doing TV over in England Hmm. and stage, TV and stage. So the fact that he, you know, people talked him into it. It's it's little things like this where everything kind of fell into place. Mm. You know, Bruce Willis is a great choice when you think about, like, who he was even at the time. In a time where, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a big thing. Chuck Norris was a big thing. Bruce Lee and, you know, Sylvester Stallone. What makes this guy so believable in this role is because he's not, like, super muscular. He makes mistakes. Right. And, they, you know, the, the whole fact that he goes around without wearing any shoes. I mean, it's like the odds are literally stacked up against him. And the only thing that really gets him going is, is his perseverance. You know, the guy just doesn't give up. So having yeah, and someone- he. he, he- yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, just having someone like Bruce Willis. I mean, he looks like the normal guy. Well, he was he? He was a Chicago cop, right? Right? Was it Chicago? New York. Oh, New York cop. New York. Like, yeah, that's a all right. There's your New York cop. You know, I mean, they have that reputation yeah. of being a little bit like they deal with a lot of tough crap and stuff. But uh, having cast in him versus again a muscle bound guy, then it takes it to like a different level of like cartoonish, like like the Rambo's, yeah. like the unstoppable hero. Right. Well, the everyday aspect of it is is so great, and he plays that so well in the sense of, you know, in the, in the beginning of the movie, he's, I mean, you know, when the shooting starts, he's stressed. He's like, I got to, you know, I got to figure a way out of this. I need help. Like, he's he spends half the movie trying to get other people involved and help him get him out of mm-hmm. there, you know? Yeah, right, right. Um, he, you know, he has the opportunity, and I don't know that I, maybe because I was paying extra attention to it this time around, this rewatch. But, you know, he, he gets to drop on the first terrorist and he puts a gun to his head and he, he acts like a cop. He tries to more or less arrest him, mm-hmm. you know, right, and right. it doesn't work out. And they, they fight and he accidentally kills him because they fall down the stairs. Right. And the guy breaks his neck. Yeah. Even up to the point where a guy surprises him on one of the floor and he's like, freeze, freeze. And they start yelling and another guy comes up and starts shooting at him. You know, the guy, you know, and this is the scene where he's under the table and the guy says, here's a word of advice. Next time you have a tune to kill someone, do it. And he goes, oh, thanks for the advice. And he shoots him. And then from mm-hmm. then on, he doesn't try that, you know, drop your gun, hold, you know what I mean? He doesn't do any of that nonsense. Now he's like, all right, I got it. I have the opportunity. I got to do it. So this is, you know, where Rambo and short hair, they just be like guns blazing, screaming. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Like, that, that shooting the guy underneath the table th- scene, you know, I, re- I rewatched it last night. That scene is so effing disturbing that he's getting yeah. shot up through his groin, through his yeah. body. You know, and I don't understand why did the guy shoot through the table too? I mean, you know, he could have done that. But he even, I mean, when the boss, the the Japanese businessman, gets shot, you see like horror on his face. Like mm. it's like real. It's real to him. He tries to save Ellis because mm. he understands who he's dealing with, and Ellis doesn't. And yeah, it's that. It's all these things that make this such a great movie. And and he was a hero we hadn't seen before. And I think after that, we saw a lot of that, you know, it was it was like the running joke, you know, like Under Siege was Die Hard on a train and Speed was Die Hard on a bus and Speed 2 is Die Hard on a boat. You know, mm, mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. you know, we, we started seeing this trope 
Um, but this is the original. This is the this is the one that did it, and it's it's just a really good movie. Yeah, it's it's also one of those films. Who was the director of this? John McTiernan. John McTiernan. Yeah, he yeah. was on a. He's he like he actually painted a lot of cool scenes where they're just like memorable. You know, like when he when he does his th- thing when he's jumping off the building and the explosions behind him and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like no words. You can just see that scene to understand what the hell's going on, and that must have been so freaking terrifying. <laughs> to be John McClane tying a, a fire hose around him, and it's like, okay, <laughs> jump off the roof, and then hope to God I can, you know, live through all this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's such really a great amazing. scene. It, it really is. And he, McTiernan was on such a roll at that point. I think he did Predator the year before. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he does. He make movies anymore? Oh boy, I don't. I don't remember hearing his name pop up at all recently. Let's pull up his wiki. Is yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Because yeah. I am today. But let's just talk about what oh, he's dude, done. Oh, dude, he did Thirteenth uh, Warrior. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah, he hasn't directed anything since. Did he die? No, he's still alive. He hasn't no, directed anything has since 2003. Yeah. He did Predator, Die Hard, The Hunt for Red October, Last Action Hero, Die Hard with Vengeance, Thomas Crown Affair, Thirteenth Warrior, Rollerball. Uh, Basic was pretty good too. But that's a great. I mean, that's a, for. I mean, he only has 12 directing credits and. You talk about Predator, Die Hard, Hunt for Red October, Last Action Hero, Die Hard with a Vengeance. At least five of them are great movies. Oh, sure. Sure. You know. I- iconic movies, too. I mean, like, yeah. you know, they, they, they find a decade. Yeah, that's true. Now, just, so you do, do you subscribe to Die Hard being a Christmas movie? I, I don't. Yeah, I think that's silly. I, <laughs> I mean, well, they're saying, I read that, too. Cause they're like, well, it takes place at Christmas. There's a Christmas party. Uh, it's about a family, you know, reuniting or whatever, and I'm like, eh, it's not a, you know, it's not about Christmas. It's not things that happen because It just happens Christmas. during Christmas, and that's about it. And this is this is what closes the door on this debate for me. Oh. Mm-hmm. It came out in the summer. It was a summer blockbuster. Okay. <laughs> you know, cause, <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, Christmas movies traditionally come out around Christmas. Even Home Alone, as much as the as that made, came out around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. There you go. So, uh, Lethal Weapon came out. It was like I think that takes place during Christmas too. Did you know that? I did not. Know. I, you know, I was a huge Lethal Weapon fan. I've seen it once or twice, but uh, it's not something I rewatch. Oh yeah, they, all, all all four just hit Netflix. So I I think I ran through the first three, I believe. Are, do they hold up? Uh, not the hairstyle. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. It's 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 good. I mean, it's it's your typical good cop bad cop. One guy's crazy, one guy's not, kind of deal. I mean, like you're talking about, like. Is this like another Die Hard? It kind of is, you know. I mean, it, it launched Mel Gibson's career for sure. You know? mm-hmm. But it's it's a decent, it's decent. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But I mean, that takes place kind of during Christmas because there's a scene where the, where he was like, everyone's like buying Christmas trees, but I don't think it's a Christmas movie. No. So, yeah, no. and I don't get the feels of Christmas either. But I mean, it's a running joke. Yeah, it's my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. I don't know why people do that, but anyway, so getting back to Die Hard, it's like, it's just so many great scenes. Well, first of all, we talk about Bruce Willis being perfectly cast. You you can't say enough about Alan Rickman in his first major American role as Hans Gruber. He's not the megalomaniacal bad guy screaming and acting crazy. Um, the whole kind of twist that they're not terrorists, they're just really simple bank robbers i thought it was great i remember the first time seeing him like oh that's a great idea that that makes a lot of sense yeah he's good but i mean i will admit though 
I don't. Well, what was another big thing he did back then? It was like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Right? Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, he, he was in that one. Why is, why is Spoon cousin? <laughs> but unfortunately, whenever I see him, though, because his voice is very distinct, it's hard not mm-hmm. not to distance him as Hans Gruber, though. You know, like yeah, when I, I really see him, I don't problem. think of him as Alan Rickman. I think I think of him as Hans Gruber only because. Oh really? Well, yeah, because that's my first exposure to him. I mean, I don't think he's the bad German guy, you know, but. You know, he has a very distinct sound to his voice. You know, he doesn't well, really try to hide it very much. Did you see the Harry Potter movies? Like, when you watch them, do you think of, when he's on screen, do you think of I, I, Hans Gruber? Yeah, I don't I don't really get lost in him where I feel like he's changing. And he's a fine actor. I'm not, I mean, I don't want to put him down in, by any means at all. It's just that, right. okay, let's put so this He's kind of typecast for you. Let's put it this way. His Han Gruber was awesome. That's why it's so hard for me because he was so yeah. good at it. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I issue. mean, that's his first, you know, he was 41, his first real American movie, you know, Hollywood movie, and he nails it. He hits it out of the ballpark. And and again, we hadn't seen, at least I don't remember, any bad guys like that. I mean, who's the bad guy in Lethal Weapon? Was it, what's his name? Uh, Busey? Gary Busey? Yeah. Well, he was one of the henchmen. Yeah, he's. Yeah, well, he's like you know, he's a he's like a crazy person. This, it, this guy was methodical. He's got a plan. You know, he, he doesn't kill indiscriminately. He even says wound the cops. Mm-hmm. And I love how incompetent everybody except for um, Urkel's neighbor is in this movie. Like all the other cops. Like I love that the FBI agents are both named Johnson. And they say no relation. Come on, <laughs> that's right. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just so much about this movie. The writing, there's so many great lines in it. Obviously, Yippie Kaye. I love when he yells at the dispatcher. Like she goes, "This is this lines for emergencies only." What do you think? I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Yeah, I find very little faults with this movie. Like when I think like the perfect, like even like the perfect action movie. This is God. This is like top five for for me. Yeah, it's such a good well I'm like I was watching it last night I was looking for flaws you know the only flaw that it has is only because just some things don't stand today because of the time differences you know like you wouldn't typically see someone smoking on an airplane or carrying a gun as easy as he does you know I mean I mean those little small things but besides the time difference of then and now and stuff it's such a, a tight tight well written well directed well acted action flick the pacing's fantastic too it's, it's hard to this. find faults. If I have to find a problem, I would say Argyle. I think he adds oh. nothing to the plot. <laughs> I think he adds nothing. And, and I think they knew that too because they even brought Reginald Val, Val Johnson back for Die Hard 2. Yeah. I think, did he have a small scene in, with a vengeance too, I think? I, I honestly don't remember in the second movie. Yeah. He was in the second movie because he calls him for information. And I think his, his cousin or his brother is, is a cop in D.C. or something. I think, okay. Right? Okay. But yeah, Argyle is just—he's just out of place. But he is. But he's—he's so minor, though. I mean, it's not like when you talk about like other shows where there's always that goofball that is just always there in the movie. Argyle is really off to the side, so it's—he—I don't—I don't think of as much as a distract. If anything, he's—he's your comedy relief. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you know what always makes me laugh? What's that? (laughs) No, I was quoting Ellis. Booby. Uh, oh, Bubby. He says Bubby. Oh, does he say Bubby? <laughs> Hans, Bubby. <laughs> <laughs> I read somewhere that that was ad-libbed and that Alan Rickman's look like a, like, what? <laughs> that oh, look really? Was, uh, that was genuine. That's pretty real. cool. Yeah, like, it is like, what? 
I always laugh, and I don't think I'm supposed to, but when Alan Rickman and uh, John McClane get caught, you know, they, they finally meet, and he does that American accent. Oh, oh like, God, don't shoot me. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, you're rolling down. I'm like, dude, like, is he overacting on purpose? Like, what's happening here? Like, <laughs> oh, you know, so speaking of that scene, I'm glad you brought that up. What cued John McClane to realize that, that he was a fake? Was it the cigarette? Oh, was it? Did he pull out, or did, did John McClane give him a cigarette, or did he pull out his own? He, he, he asked if he wanted to smoke. So John gave him the cigarette. Oh. Um, I want to say maybe, I remember, I think, I thought I heard someplace that there was a deleted scene that it kind of explained why he found out. But when I was watching it last night, I couldn't remember what made him believe that that wasn't really, you know, a regular I, guy. See, when I was younger, I always thought that, it's not that he knew already, it's just that he's not going to give a loaded gun to some dude. You know what I mean? Oh, I guess. That's pretty yeah, risky, like, though. <laughs> well, no, it's unloaded. So here, you know, watch my back, but, you know, I'm not going to actually put a live gun in your hand. Mm, so so he was thinking, testing by giving a, an empty gun just to see what he was going to do. No, just that this is a guy that works, you know, he's an office guy. I'm not going to give him a loaded gun. You know, maybe if he'll calm him down, make him feel better. Here, carry this gun. You can cover me or whatever, but. You know, I don't know because if you watch that scene again, it looks like when when um, John McClane turns his back and they're walking away, and he hears Han talking on the radio in German. It almost looks like John knew he was a fake before, yeah, before he even shoots him or attempts to shoot him. (laughs) I don't know. We're gonna gonna have to look that one up because I could have sworn I heard. That there was like a definitive reason. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I'm just saying. I always took it as he just wouldn't give a loaded gun to like a civilian, right? I you guess. know, he's a. True. Yeah, it's like it's like you giving me a gun. Well, I don't think I would even give you like an empty gun. <laughs> I probably would first say, "Hey, do you not use a gun? You ready to kill someone?" <laughs> if you can. I'm like, yeah, you took me shooting once. Remember? <laughs> right, yeah, remember? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but that's that's a good that's a good question, hmm. and um. Yeah, I mean, the ending, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the ending was kind of, for me, was like having the gun taped to his back. It's kind of silly. That's cool. You think that's cool? I thought that was real. Hey, d- did you think when you saw that movie that that was Huey Lewis? I did. Well, yeah. yeah that's I, like, I thought for, for sure I thought it was him through the whole movie until I had to read the credits. Really? The whole movie? The whole, oh, the I thought it was the, Huey Lewis. What did I know? I mean, it's it, the, it, the, it's the time. That's right. What was that? Uh, yeah, the guy at security. Yes, dude. Uh, I did this podcast uh, on hidden gems with my friend Ryan, and I and I said the same thing. I said, "Oh, the guy reminds me of Hugh Lewis," and he's like, "Who?" I'm like, "What?" Oh my god, how, how old is he? Uh, not that much younger than me. I mean, maybe like five years younger. But dude, isn't Hugh Lewis from California? Oh, I don't know, but Hugh Lewis was huge in the eighties. Yes, I was like, "How do you not know who Hugh Lewis was?" Hence, we had to stop the hidden gems because that really bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> So this podcast over. This is over. <laughs> yeah, and apparently I also read that when he falls out of the window, mm-hmm. they told Alan Rick, you know, it wasn't a far drop, obviously, but they did drop him. That they told him, you know, we'll drop you on three, and they dropped him on two. <laughs> so, Son like, that surprise God. look was real. He's that like, is Whoa. so awesome. How cool is that? It's just messing with his emotions all I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if that's where that joke from Lethal – oh, do you remember that? That's a, This is Lethal Weapon 2. Where uh, his buddy's sitting in the toilet and there's a bomb. And uh, Riggs is like, okay, I'm going to pull you out the toilet on three. And he's like, on three or one, two, and three. Sad enough, that was 
if that, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I bet you they have one of those minute by minute podcasts. Do you ever hear? Do you do you listen to those? Those minute by no, minute but ones? you told me about them. Oh, the they ones? do an indie one. And- yeah, the 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 minute by minute Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is amazing. And I, know I find that, it amazing they get a whole show out of one minute of film where we're lucky if we get 45 minutes out of a whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But no, but they, they break. And it's cool because you can really see how much like on Raiders and how good it was on how good that podcast was. And when they went to like Crystal Skull, the, right now they actually had, they stopped halfway and they stopped even before this whole thing that's going on in the world today. You know, and I wonder if they stopped because every show was how... <laughs> how much they're like crapping on the movie <laughs> like every every minute was bad you know that's hilarious yeah. so they just stopped it huh nobody's asking oh, no no, no. They're, they're they're on pause and i wonder i wonder if they, they did that on purpose just to kind of like refocus as to what they're doing on this show yeah it's like <laughs> they, dude we can't keep crapping on this movie exactly <laughs> yeah because even myself i was getting uninterested like oh they're just gonna complain about something else today you know but all right so b- back to die hard have you been to, um, well, you know, because you're on the East Coast, do you visit, like, places where they film things in real life? Because I know you went to the Christmas Story House, right? Yeah. Uh, do, do you, have you visited any other stuff over there on the East Coast? Not on no. purpose, not with, like, the, that's my destination. Well, I mean, I, you know, I live so close to New York City, you can just go to the city and you're walking by something that was on TV. Yeah. But, the, you know, they have the Seinfeld tour. I think they do a friend's tour of places in the city and stuff like that. I'm trying to think if I... I yeah, no, not really. I mean, the only other time I, I purposely went to a site was in Cincinnati. We went to the old... Uh, their, their their version of Grand Central Station that's now a museum because it, it was the model for the Hall of Justice. Oh, oh, that's um, cool. oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I can't... I don't think that I've ever gone to... Well, it, it, it annoys me because the Nakatomo Plaza is the Fox Plaza, right, down in L.A. Right. and stuff. And it's like, dude, I'm in L.A. And like, I don't go a lot, but I'm like, I'm so surprised at myself that I even visit this stupid building. Well, it, you're allowed to visit, are you? Well, I mean, even from the outside, you know, because oh, it has a very distinct look to it. Yeah, yeah. Does it count that I've been to the Statue of Liberty where the uh, the opening of the G.I. Joe movie takes place? <laughs> Well, we'll count Does that you. count? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. every other movie. No, it's funny that I don't do that, but I love going to like historical sites where where like historic events happen. Well, it is weird because you know when I lived in New York, dude, because you're living there, you, you just you take it for granted that you're in New yeah. York. And then now that I left New York and and I go visit to New York, I want to do like touristy stuff, you know. And one time I went to Rockefeller Center, and the waiter said, "Oh, so where you're from?" And I looked at him. Like New York, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt, but I was, but you know, I, I left New York. You were being a tourist. I was a tourist, but it, it felt weird to be like, geez, you know, I lived in New York for so long, and there are just so many things I just took for granted because you're in New York, you know. Dude, I've never been to the Empire State Building. You got to be kidding me! Never been there. Why would I have a reason to go there? Oh, this, this is a good comic book store actually at the at the base of the building. Is it really? really? Yeah, there's a really big one down there. That's not Midtown Comics, is it? No, no. Th- this one's. I've been to Midtown Comics. Midtown's a big comic. I think that's like a couple floors too, but this one's. It's actually like right on the outside. Like it's part of the Empire State Building, just on the outside of it. Well, now I have a reason to go. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I get it. I think I think a lot of people like that. If you live in an area with, 
Um, Forbidden Planet, maybe? No. J.H.U. Comic Books? That might be it. Anyway, I think if you live near historic things, you don't usually go there. You know, is is there anything in Die Hard where, because there are a lot of amazing action sequences, is there anything in the movie that you thought was like, okay, that's a little too much? A little like, it was a little too far-fetched for you? <sighs> too far-fetched. In this one? Yeah. I would say no. Yeah. I think everything. I think that's part of the charm. Yeah. Yeah. Very grounded. How genius was that? Was like, shoot the glass. I was like, what? That's that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And every time he pulls that piece of glass out of his foot, it's like, oh my God. I just, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, nothing. It's just terrible. Yeah. And well, I read somewhere also that he he still flinches when he sees that scene. Like, who? Bruce Willis? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. But um, I and just uh, I love the whole you know when when the first the firefighting uh, the um the shooting first starts and he's like trying to figure out what to do and mm-hmm. he's just trying all these different ways to get the police over there and finally Al comes and he's about to drive away and he just he just he's just fed up and throws a dead body at him <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and then he has the best line Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> That's great. And and Al is so great in that moment. He's like. He, he cusses, but he's like, ah! Oh. He starts driving backwards. He's on the radio screen. Are you back up now, GD? Got now. And you know how they filmed that too. It, it, it was an it was an interesting choice to not play that scene at the same time as things were going on. Right? Remember, it was kind of like a flash, like a mini, mini, mini flashback scene. Right. I thought that was an interesting choice to do that. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I question? Why? Why announce his presence by tying up the dead guy and writing on his shirt? You mean ho, ho, ho? Well, no. He goes, now I have a machine gun. Oh, why do that? Is that what you said? Yeah, why announce his presence? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't understand that. It could be because, like, even like like Holly said, you know, kind of like, oh, why why is he going crazy? And he's like, there's only one man that can make someone that crazy. It's got to be my husband or something like that. Maybe that's just like just, one of his things just to get under their skin. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah because it, when the, these bad guys are very different. It's probably the one time where you see the bad guys are dressed up in like really nice suits. They're sophisticated. They're European. And then, and then there's John McClane. No shoes, no socks, tank top, sweaty, bloody, you know, ass kicked like left to right and stuff like that. But the good guys are the... They're the refined bad guys, you know. Yeah, well, I also just love the part when he kills the uh, the guy who's actually a ballet dancer in real life. I don't know his oh, character yeah, name. Yeah. But he's, they're just fighting. They're just going at it. And he's just so angry and frustrated at the whole situation. He's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to eat you. He just looks <laughs> around and I'm like, wow, John. Time to back, man. <laughs> but he's just going off on him. He's pummeling him. And just, you know, this is far different than when he killed his brother when he's like, Hold it right there. Drop the gun. <laughs> I, I rewound him. Like, did he say he's going to eat him? <laughs> I didn't catch going, that. I'm going to have to listen to that one again. Oh, he's just going nuts on him. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to eat you. He just started saying all crazy stuff. <laughs> and they did a great job with that. Uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Richard Thornburg, the the, the reporter, the the journal. oh yeah yeah the oh, the essential eighties bad guy right yeah it's yeah. like you just wanted to hate that guy you know 
Oh, they do a great job. In Die Hard 2, they give you they do a great job making you hate them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But he was he was the bad guy in this, he was the bad guy in Ghostbusters. He was the EPA guy. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, and in retrospect, he actually makes sense because he's like, You can't put a nuclear reactor in the heart of Manhattan. And they're like, What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so maybe he was the bad guy in that movie, but um, and then he was the bad guy in Real Genius. Was he? I have yeah. to think about that one. Real Genius. He was the. the really oh smart my god, that's right. Yeah. All right, Mr. Bad Guy. <laughs> Good job, Mr. Bad Guy. Just like Johnny was the quintessential teenage bad guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, this guy was the adult quintessential eighties bad guy. That's funny. Wow, that's crazy. So do you watch this movie, like, annually? Uh, not on purpose, but I will go through, like, you know, oh, what should I watch? Oh, Die Hard. Like, watch <laughs> it's like, it's like, a, it's like, it's almost like knowing you have, like, a dessert in the refrigerator waiting for you after dinner. You're like, oh, I can watch Die Hard. <laughs> Such a fun movie. Yeah. I, and I rotate because I really, I mean, I really like Die Hard 3, I think, because, uh, well, Die Hard with a Vengeance because I like the puzzle aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I think him and Sam Jackson are really good. Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2 is good. It's just Die Hard in, in an airport. But, okay. um, uh, yeah, I like 2 and 3. I, I watched 4. I did, watched it the one time, and I can't imagine. I couldn't tell you what it's about. Live I can't tell Die you Hard? You didn't like that one? Uh, yeah. I, I Yeah, that's one Kevin Smith's in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get into that. I love that one. I love when When I found out they were going to make another Die Hard movie, it's like, oh, my God. It, but the fifth one, I think when he goes to Russia, that one is just bad and i tried so hard to like that movie well look as much as we love bruce wills we know he's really stopped trying to act years ago <laughs> that's right you know yeah bruce willis he's one of those actors where like uh i enjoy him you know i don't think that there's anything he did where i was like ah oh, he's such a jerk like he's such a likable guy uh that that all-around kind of guy you know i look forward to his movies yeah, you know who talks crap about him is Kevin Smith when he worked on him on Cop Out. Oh, how come? Yeah, I, I just – well, because I think he directed Cop Out. It was Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis, and he just uh, – I mean, Kevin, as not that Kevin Smith ever says really bad things about anybody, but he just tells stories about working with him. How it wasn't that great of a – Oh, really? Experience. Okay, Kevin Smith. Settle down, bro. Yeah. You did Clerks. Smoke a joke. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's cool. Um, yeah, so I, I just, I know Holly, I thought Holly was kind of a boring character, too. Yeah, I mean, she didn't add much to it. Right. It's funny, because I wanted, uh, I, uh, I wanted my girlfriend, because I've been having, I've been giving her DVDs for her kids to watch. Okay. It's mostly 80s stuff, and I'm like, I'm like, Can you, would you, would you mind if they watch Die Hard? I go, there's a lot of cursing. She goes, please. That's not a problem. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, well, I think there's one scene of brief nudity. And she's like, nope, they're not going to watch it. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Oh, it is like, really brief. You're talking like I 0.1 said seconds. I said, it's really. I said, look, they live in the internet age. You think they haven't seen a pair of boobs before? <laughs> she's like, don't talk. Don't tell me that. I'm like, mm. yeah. But uh, yeah, so she won't let them watch Die Hard. I'm just like, I'm working her. I'm going to wear her down, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Gotta watch Die Hard. You can't go wrong with this movie at all. I mean, like, the, for rewatchability for me, it's pretty high. I'll I'll put this movie on. I, I don't think there's a year that went by where I haven't watched this movie. Um, of all the Die Hards, I probably watch, dude, I probably watch this one 
and Live Free and Die Hard the most. I, I don't know why I like Live Free and Die Hard. That was a good movie. Anyway. What did you think of the other two? Uh, I thought two was good. Um, the one with Samuel Jackson, I'm okay with it. I don't rewatch that one as often. Uh, eh, it's okay. You know, it, it's like these Die Hard movies are are just like the indie movies or like the Star Wars movies. Everyone has their own favorite for for whatever reason. You know, they're all fine. Right. It is. It's essentially the same formula for all the movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, at that least the true. third one had a little bit of a tie into the first one because it's Hans Gruber's brother, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, and and they do a little, you know, it's it's a it's a robbery too, and not a, a terrorist thing. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, but I like I said, I like the puzzle aspect of it. I like the you know they had to run around the whole city. Um, yeah, it was good. What well, what would you say a movie today that kind of mimics Die Hard today? <laughs> Oh, you know, wasn't there a movie with, uh, I didn't watch it, but it was with Dwayne Johnson where, was it called Skyscraper? Oh, Skyscraper? Yeah, someone said it's supposed to be like, like Die Hard something, but I didn't watch the movie though. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. It's, it's called Skyscraper and I think like even part of the movie is like he's got a fake leg. Yes, yes, he is an amputee, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I didn't watch it. I mean, it's funny. The Rock can be like a really, really good movie, but then he'll be like really crappy movies. Yeah. Well, that's how you know he's, he's a star. He's almost the same because, guy. I mean, it's hard not to be. The dude's a monster, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you can't... Yeah, it's but, tough. You know, that's why I, I, I give credit to Sylvester Stallone. When he did Copland, right? Because he was known for this amazing physique. Yeah. In Copland, he fatted up. And I like that. I like I like that he took that stretch for doing something that he wasn't known for. And then Copland's a good movie too. Copland's a really good movie. Yeah, it's got a really great cast too. Like everybody's in it. Yeah. Dude, we should do that one. When that one come out? Was that in the nineties? Copland? No, uh, it might have been early two thousand. Early two thousand. Yeah, that's right. That's, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, he says, "I'm gonna effing cook you. I'm gonna effing eat you." <laughs> <laughs> Does he say that? Yeah. Like wow. what? I just heard it again. I'm like, did I hear it right? Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. I I'll send you. I'll right. send you. I'll send you the link, and it's at, it starts at like 1:38. Wow. What? Like 1:35 when they're fighting on the on the stairwell. Got a little Mike Tyson in him. Oh, it was so <laughs> funny, man. And you know what? I was shocked at when I was. I'm like, this guy in '88. I could have sworn this was like an '85, '86 movie. You know what? I I agree with you. When I just looked at the date when it was released in '88, I'm like, wow, was it really that late? I thought it was way earlier than that. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon One came out the year before. But really? Yeah. Lethal Weapon came out before Die Hard. 1987. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow, my brain just hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wow. like, this is three years after the first Back to the Future. Like, I was. I was a sophomore in high school when this came out. I just, I really thought it was early, like 86. Oh my god, I totally agree with you. Wow, I thought Lethal Weapon came way after Die Hard. I wonder why that's so, huh? I don't know. Interesting. Okay, that just blew my mind. (laughs) Mind blown. So I sent you a link to the video. It starts at like 138. So when we're done, you can look at it and listen to it. It's pretty funny. I'm going to cook you. I'm going to eat you. <laughs> just cussing <laughs> on it the whole time. Um, so good. Yeah, this is uh, this was really like more so than something in the greatest action movies of the 80s. This is obviously top three. Yeah. 
I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. I would put Predator up there. I would put Terminator One up, or maybe Terminator Two is the '90s, so we can't really count that. But yeah, there's just you know, because I was never a big Rambo guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched First Blood probably a thousand times just because I was on cable all the time back then. Yeah, but I was never like, oh man, I gotta watch this movie over and over again. It's great. It's more like, oh, I got nothing to do. Oh, Rambo's on again. <laughs> so I don't know that I would say Rambo for me because that action is so gratuitously ridiculous yeah yeah like he blows up a dude with an exploding arrow <laughs> that's right. right that was that one right the second yes. one that yeah was, yeah the guy yeah. was running away he's I, like taking his time and it was such a up. such a tonal shift from first blood you know mm-hmm. where he's a he's a vietnam vet dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder yeah and he like he traps a park because the sheriff's after him and then he just becomes this guy that they they throw into vietnam to save pow's you know, of if yeah. being Die Hard, let's say, let's say it's a top three movie. You know, like even during its time, I would say amongst all those action movies back then, to me, this is one of the most rewatchable ones. Though, you know, Predator oh, yeah. is a great action movie. I think mm-hmm. I would rewatch Die Hard more than Predator, though. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, it stands the test of time. So Bruce I, was such I'm, a charismatic I, guy. Yeah, and I'm not rewatching Lethal Weapon. <laughs> No, you're right. Well, I, it's, do, I, I watch it because I'm like, oh, wow, Lethal Weapon. I watch it. But it's not something where like, oh, got to put Lethal Weapon on again. You know, got to do it again. Uh, Die Hard, yes, I, I will watch this movie several times. All right, so I'm going to name some movies. You tell me if Die Hard is – these are action movies. You tell me if you think Die Hard is better or equal or worse than oh. these. Or which you would watch first. But which I would watch I, first. Is that the criteria? Sure. Okay. And I just want to say that Red Dawn is an action movie I can watch over and over again. Oh, don't throw that one in. All right, uh, the Terminator. Terminator One. Yes. Die Hard. All right, I agree. I concur. Predator. We just brought it up. Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll say Die Hard. Uh, RoboCop. Die Hard. Definitely Die Hard. Raiders. Uh oh. Well, no, that's like, <laughs> please. All right, Raiders. You're like, why even ask? All right, next one. Then I know the answer to this one too. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. As rewatchable, would you watch? All right, you have these two movies on the shelf. Which are you grabbing, Last Crusade or Die Hard? Man, that's a tough one. You gotta watch them both eventually. But which are you watching first? Which will I watch first? I may, I may have to say Die Hard only because I, I just did Last Crusade with an Instagram thing. I'm kind of like full of it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I'd probably say Die Hard. I'm gonna say Die Hard two for Last Crusade. Yeah. Um, Commando, which I do enjoy. Commando. Uh, Die Hard. That's yeah, Die Hard. Aliens. Oh, this is a good one. Aliens. Die Hard. Uh, for me, it's Die Hard. I'm split. Yeah. I really enjoy Aliens. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, Top Gun. Oh, that's Die Hard. Ah, oh, you know Hard. what? Sometimes in the mood for Top Gun, not nah, Die Hard. I don't know that Top Gun has a, a, enough action though. Nah, no, not really. I mean, action only happens when they're up in the air. Oh, okay. Here's a good one. Superman Two. Damn it. <laughs> God, I like Superman. Superman 2 is a good one. It is a good one. Oh, Superman 2. All right. If it, go to watch. I might have to see Superman 2 in this one. I really I like torn. Superman 2. I like it too, but I might go die hard. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah. Because, you know, Superman 2 does have those moments that I don't like. Like any love stuff with Lois drags the movie down for me. It it does. It does. But boy, it's like it's I, yeah, it, It's important. You're it's right. But movie. if you're thinking like... Boy, that last what 
30, 40 minutes of Superman yeah, 2. Holy crap. But Die Hard, it's from the beginning. Die, well, I did read that the first bullet isn't fired until 18 minutes into the movie. Because I remember re- when I was rewatching, I was like, I really thought they got to the action a lot quicker than they did. For, would it be when they killed, T- uh, T- what's his name? Uh, yeah, that's probably, well, the first bullet, maybe when they killed the security guard. That's 18 minutes? Yeah. Oh, I, I guess so. Yeah, airport, and then John McClane goes, eh, I guess. Yeah, but from then on, it's nonstop. Right. Yeah. Oh, That's why I think Superman, you know, yeah, I would pick Die Hard over Superman too because of the this low moments. With the, isn't that the one where he jumps off Niagara, where she jumps off yeah. Niagara yeah. Falls? Yeah. Yeah, see, that stuff is like Yeah, you know what, you're right. I'm thinking about it. If, if you had to say, okay, I have to, I'm going to watch one right now, I may say Die Hard. Yeah. I'm okay. Hard, yeah. I think I, I think I know where you're going to go with this. I'm just wondering if it's going to be a harder choice than I think it might be. All right. Empire Strikes Back. Oh, shit. Empire. I may have to say Star Wars on this one. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to Empire all the time, dude. It's not even a hard choice for me. <laughs> Empire is such it's a not, good movie. It's not. It's not. Whenever I'm in the mood for Star Wars, and I'm like, what should I watch? I'm like, duh, you're going to watch Empire, so why would we go through this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's put it in perspective. How many? We've had 9, 10, 11, 11 Star Wars movies? Rogue and Solo? Uh, yes. If you want to count those, Empire yeah. is by far the best out of, out of all those movies. All right, so maybe this will be a tougher choice then. Return of the Jedi or Die Hard? Uh, die Hard. I- I'm not a big Return of the Jedi fan. I'm on the fence with that because uh, Jedi does have moments that I really enjoy. It's good. Uh, Mad Max 2 or The Road Warrior? Yeah, nah, that's I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of those. Yeah. Escape yeah. from New York? Uh, I'm Die Hard on that. Yeah. I-, I did actually watch that, I think, uh, maybe a week or two ago. Yeah, does that hold up? Mm, when, did that movie, when did that come out? Early 80s, maybe? Was that early, early like 80s? It, it yeah. may have been. Uh, pacing's pretty slow, believe it or not. Oh, it, it starts it. off really slow. Yeah, because they're still coming out of that 70s, because 70s pacing was ridiculous. Yeah, was yeah, yeah. It, um, it had that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. All right, uh, Lethal Weapon. Did I ask you that already? Yeah, and Die Hard. Die Hard, yeah, yeah Die that's Hard. Such a, it's way superior. Big it's Trouble in Little China. Pff, come on, that's not fair. That's, that's totally different. It's an action movie. It is. And it's funny too. Damn it! A decision. Oh God! A decision. <laughs> you know. So let's put it this way. Let's say I haven't seen any of these movies in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Ah, guy, I probably would say Die Hard. Yeah, I'm going with Die Hard too. I just yeah. big. Tr- I have to be in a specific mood for Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, because that that is a really big movie. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it is. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Not Die Hard. I haven't watched Beverly Hills Cop in forever. Yeah. I like Beverly Hills Cop, but I, it's not something I rewatch watch often. They Live? That's a, that's a campy movie. It's, it's okay. Die yeah, Hard. I mean, that's, hard. that's not even... Yeah. Conan the Barbarian is definitely going to be Die Hard for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Good movie, but... Oh, yeah. Here we go. How about Batman? Batman 1? Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Come on. Okay. Yeah, I'm waiting on that one. Uh-oh. This might be hard. The Goonies. Die Hard. Really? Yeah. Die Hard is a really good movie. Goonies is a really good movie too. No, it is. But let me tell you, when we when we talked about doing Die Hard and you know we did the rewatch last time, I there's zero hesitation. It's like, oh, dude, let's do this. You know, I put the movie on, I enjoyed it. I really, really like. I'm just saying. My my daughter was like, what are you watching? Die Hard. And she was she, she got sucked in it too. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, because there are some movies we caught podcasts about that we rewatch, and I'm like, oh man, I got to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and Dyer was like, click, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. So it, it has that vibe to it. So it's wow. But you know what? When you went through that list, I was actually surprised on how high it really is on my list because it was yeah. taking down a lot of heavy hitters. I think. What did you choose? I think Raiders was the only one, right? Or did you choose one more? No, Empire. I don't know. I, I oh, don't yeah, know. Empire. I, I'm kind of stuck with Empire. Empire is so good. Oh Dude, my we're God. putting Die Hard in the same vein in regards of action movies as Raiders and Empire. It's, it's up there. Like I said, it's it's pretty tough to find flaws in that movie. Yeah. Empire, Empire yeah. Strikes Back is so good. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Empire or Raiders? Uh, I have to say Raiders. For me, it's Raiders. You know, it depends on... The, you know, there are times where I just love Star Wars, you know, and there are just times... You know what it is with Star Wars, unfortunately? What it did it in for me, it, it became too saturated for me. You know, like, if they only did the original trilogy and, and that's all we had, oh, man, Empire is really up there. But Star Wars, is, it's it's a really saturated kind of market right now. Like, really, really saturated. Yeah, It's true. beyond nine movies or ten movies. It's cartoons. It's... It's theme parks, you know, it's it's huge. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got to give readers respect because they're doing everything off of three movies. I'm not counting the fourth one. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah. And Die Hard does too. I'm going to have to rewatch Die Hard 4 because if you rewatch it a lot, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know why. You know, okay, you know, the very intro to that movie, what I liked about how they portrayed him is that he is a broken guy. Holly left him divorced. His own daughter doesn't even acknowledge him, you know. And there's just some scenes where he just puts his head down, like I'm alone on this. And and they really stress to to the viewers as to you know, even though his his family life sucks, and the guy, I forgot the kid's name. He said, "What do you do?" He's like, "Well, I'm that guy." They need like when when crap like this happens, and terrorist happens. Why does he step up? Because because it's me. That's what I do. It's like wow, that that was good. I like that. You know, it's like I'm that guy. Regardless of how crap my life is, I'm that guy. So that that kind of stuck. Yeah, but isn't that the movie where he 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 drives a like he jumps a, pl- a car into a helicopter or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, come on. We accepted everything they did in, in Die Hard one and two and three. I mean, this is no. Well, we, we we just talked for almost an hour about how everything in Die Hard one is kind <laughs> of believable. Well, all he did was he he just. He he jumped out of the car. He didn't drive the car. He just jumped out of it. That's all he did. He just got very lucky. The guy that survived a helicopter crash. Now that's unbelievable. Because he comes back later, like kicking ass, and he's like, he should be dead. All right, maybe I'll rewatch it. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. We shall see. Give it a shot. Or not. All right. So if you're listening to the show and you've never watched Die Hard, first of all, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Secondly, if you've seen Die Hard but it's been a while, do a rewatch. You'll enjoy it. Trust us. Yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed rewatching this movie. Uh, yeah, Jonathan, what's up with Mom's Basement? Mom's Basement Collectibles posting comic book covers from my collection that started in 1984, always up to about 2012. Uh, sometimes I'll have a theme. Sometimes I won't. It'll be up to you to figure it out. I know you sob. I'm trying to figure it out right now. I'm complete. I was like, when you posted the one today, I was like, what? And mm-hmm. then I, hey, what? You don't post uh, a lot of your action figures, man. You got a lot of them. Yeah, well, they're all kind of more current stuff. I did find, um, I did find like four or five original Joes that I might be putting up. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. we'll see. That's cool. 
you know who's whose Instagram is really this guy's going nuts. Uh, the guy from um uh 80s Toys Rock. 80s Toys Rock ROC, yeah. He holy cow, Burf is going insane. It's like hey, I got another unboxing. I was like, what? <laughs> he just did one yesterday. I know, he he posts like twelve times a day if he seems like. <laughs> yeah, well, you, but what I do like he I love him because he in his face he's like a kid and he in a sense that he's really enjoying what he's doing and stuff and and, and i and i dig that so that, yeah that, that mm-hmm. he has a great instagram account so let's give him a shout out 80s toys how, how does he, he spells it weird doesn't he not weird but different, uh, 80s right? toys rock but it's roc roc okay yeah come check out if you're a big fan of 80s if you're a big fan of the uh nerd of me yeah do it you do it now yeah uh we are on facebook nerd of me podcast instagram nerd of me twitter Nerd Me Podcast, YouTube, Nerd Me Podcast. Uh, I'm sure we'll put something up pretty soon. Um, anything else? No, just everybody stay safe, do what we gotta do, and uh, we'll be back soon with another episode All of right. The Nerd In Me. Till next time. Martha! Snarf. Snarf, snarf. <laughs> Peace. Peace.